Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. It's an 18-year-old who faces a possible 70 years in federal prison for Snapchat sexting. I mean, what 18-year-old doesn't do that? Well, so there's some caveats that we'll, we'll get to, but it's still insane. 70 years for what this kid did uh, when he was not 18. So, so minor. Like, mm-hmm. they waited until he was 18 to prosecute him. Charge him as, as an adult. A, as an adult. So that's how he's facing the 70 years. So Well, that doesn't seem fair. Uh, quote, the subheadline reads, quote, I'm not saying my kid should get nothing, says Eric Byer Jr.'s mother, but to take an 18-year-old kid and put him in jail for longer than he's even been alive? I mean, 70 years? Like, did he murder somebody? No, no, not even close. Let's say you're a 17-year-old boy asking two 16-year-old girls to sext you on Snapchat. Well, it seems pretty normal these days, right? Let's just agree that it is. Now let's say that you possibly paid the girls for their sexts and then allegedly threatened to expose them unless they sent more. Okay, now we're getting a little creepy. That's not normal. It's obviously immoral, probably illegal, and quite simply wrong. But are you knowingly creating child pornography and transmitting it across state lines? That's what Eric Byer Jr. of Hutchinson, Kansas, is accused of. He faces up to 70 years in federal prison. Quote, I'm not saying that I don't think my son should be punished for that, says Jessica Maloney, Byer's mother. Absolutely, he should. He knows what he did was wrong, and he should get in trouble. I'm not saying my kid should get nothing, even if you want to give him five years. Well, I don't know about that, but she says I'm okay with that because I know he'll never do it again. But to take an 18-year-old kid and put him in jail for longer than he's been alive? When Byer was 17, he made a fake account on Snapchat and started contacting girls about his same age. He was in high school at the time. The FBI became aware of his activity in June of 2021, probably because one of the girl's parents found out what he was doing and brought her phone to the authorities. But the FBI waited until September, a month after Byer turned 18, to act. They were probably just busy working on other things. Like what? Sure. Uh, I don't know. uh, Taking trips to Florida or something. Then at about 4.30 a.m., a SWAT team raided the house where Byer lived with his dad and brother and handcuffed all three, according to his mother, who was divorced and lived in Pennsylvania. Then they put Byer in a cruiser for questioning. He was read his Miranda rights and responded, I understand. When questioned, Byer said that, yes, the Snapchat account was his, and no, he wasn't sharing it with anyone. How is it that photos exchanged or even extorted by teens who all reside in Kansas can be considered an interstate crime? Hmm, the servers in Virginia? You're onto something there, Steve oh, Classic. Oh. That is so dumb. That Cheezer. cannot count. Cheezer. Snapchat server is in California. The images electronically left Kansas, crossed state lines, and came right back. Nonetheless, the authorities had a choice. So what if he had a VPN? You know, then it would be like bouncing across multiple countries, right? Then it would be an international crime. But it's really not, though. Yeah, and then Interpol would be doing the raid or the UN or something. I don't know. Who does? That is BS. You'll eat crickets. 
nonetheless, the authorities had a choice. They could have brought district charges against him or federal ones. When there's a case with overlapping interests, a lot of times the federal and the state prosecutor have a conversation about who's going to do the case, says Tony Stabnow. <laughs> That's an interesting... It's Yeah, anyway, uh, he's a federal assistant DA. Uh, who takes the case could be based on something as simple as who has more time on their schedule or who thinks they would get the most appropriate punishment. It's not clear why Byer's case went to the U.S. attorney. The prosecutor, Assistant U.S. Attorney Jason Hart, did not respond to a request for comment. Kansas City-based criminal defense attorney Chris Angles, Angels, Ang- Angles says the federal statute can result in extremely heavy consequences regardless of offender age. Once he had that, then he was using that to sort of... Blackmail uh, them? Yeah, blackmail and be uh, like, hey, if you don't send me more, I'm going to send these to your mom or something, right? right you know, or to right. your school or whatever, right? And so they did, and one of the uh, one of the girl's parents, it seems, uh, you know, sort of notified the authorities. Mm-hmm. The authorities notified some people. The FBI got involved. Because they wanted to see the pictures. <laughs> Probably. Arguably. <laughs> And we'll uh, take this case from here. And instead of doing anything, they waited until a month after his 18th birthday to do a an FBI SWAT raid on him and his dad and his brother. So unnecessarily dramatic. Like yeah. I would I think tops 6 months, you know, whatever, state jail, teach him a lesson like, "Hey dude, it's not cool to like blackmail people and you know, this should be a consensual thing." Yeah. Don't make fake accounts. Like, it's not really cool. He was a teenager when he did it. Right. He probably didn't know. Like, he knew better, but he was just being a teenager, you know? Like, I know there were guys that went to my high school that did stuff like this, and they didn't didn't serve jail time for it. It should be, like, a slap on the wrist sort of thing. Like, definitely not a cool thing to do, but 70 years in prison? That is, like, what you should get if you murder somebody. Yeah. Why, and I'm asking according to the Socratic method, of course, Mm -hmm. why are current governors Abbott of Texas and DeSantos of Florida deciding that it is within their legal authority to send immigrants elsewhere? I was under the impression as a student, former student of the law, and retired professor, why, if the Constitution states specifically immigration is an enumerated power, it is a legislative issue, not a state issue, how come they're getting away with this? Something ain't kosher. That is a great question. Yeah, yes, uh, ma'am. Uh, the answer, I think, is because, well, the folks who... Mm, most people hallucinate are in charge, and I'm talking about politicians, legislators. Uh, they they really don't care. Uh, they're in power, and they'll do whatever they want. Well, this that was a big joke, that right? Legal. That doesn't mean that it's legal. Uh, Absolutely some, not. Yeah, it doesn't right, mean that it's right. Somebody yeah. better look into this ASAP. People cannot get away with things just because they hold the title. That's baloney. Oh, I agree, but what exactly do we do to hold these people accountable, Gigi? I mean, obviously voting well, doesn't like work. They Governor keep getting Newsom in. Newsom of California said the other day on NPR, he said, this exceeds 
both Abbott and DeSantos's legal authority. It is not a state issue, and the Department of Justice needs to look into this yesterday. I mean, I agree, but again, how do we make them do that? I mean, they're obviously no interest in them doing that, or they'd be doing it already. Well, what's frightening to me is that both their state legislatures gave both governors lots of money to send these people on buses on planes. Yeah, and where did that money come and from? And you know how everybody at Free Talk Live is always discussing the controversial issue of taxpayers and property taxes and people who pay income tax to the state. That's where the money is being used from. Something ain't kosher here. And it just seems interesting to me because I found a lot of libertarians, especially, you know, my friends on Facebook, their perspective is kind of like, haha, this is funny. Martha's Vineyard residents deserved this. Like, they're just rich liberal people. And now, you know, they have to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. But I just, to me, the whole thing I think is completely ridiculous. It was completely ridiculous for Ron DeSantis to even send them there. It didn't yeah. even make sense. I was calling about uh, Gigi, the lady who was so upset about uh, the governor's uh, finally doing something about all of the uh, crazy stuff at the border. Now, um, I see this as nothing but a class of NIMBY. Not, Not in, in my, my backyard, backyard, right, George Carlin. Yeah. Why should we Texans have to absorb all of these so-called poor people who are seeking help due to the oppressive government that they li- have to uh, live with in their in their in South America and Central America. Because you're that's on the border. False. Yeah. That's false. just the nature of being on the border. <laughs> well, that's false. Because when interviewed, the majority of them, if not 99% of them, say they're just chasing the almighty dollar. And for decades, Texas, Texans, we with our tax dollars, and our sweat, blood, and tears, and I mean blood and tears because uh, I have family that have been victims of these people. They're not. Let me tell you, a lot of these people, it's it's a it's it's a case. They get here because uh, it's it's a it's a battle, uh, a strive for uh, the survival of the fittest. These guys, you can see them when they get off of the the buses. They're they've been street urchins since six. Six, seven, eight, nine years old. They they know how to rob. They know how to steal. I I know because I am trilingual and I I I read the newspapers in Central America and South America. Those are the kind of people that are making it to the border because it's a it's a race a race of the and survival of the fittest. The ones that that can hurt most people getting there, and the ones that can uh, run faster and rob more people are the ones that are making it to the border. And we, Texas, in Austin, in Houston, in Corpus Christi, Dallas, Fort Worth, have been living with these people for decades. Uh, I have two cousins that were murdered by men that they barely knew who came across the border and felt like they could treat women in Texas the way they treat women in South America and North America, and two of them were stabbed to death. Because they didn't want anything to do with these guys. And so you want to blame my great grandfather. You want to blame Marie? Hang on. You want to blame all of the immigrants for those two incidents? No, but a, a majority of them who, who who reside in I've lived in Houston. There's parts of Houston where you cannot even walk 
uh, even in the daytime, in parts of Dallas, if you don't belong to those gangs of those Central and South American um, men. There's parts women. of Massachusetts and New York that are like that, though. Yeah, and and it's, they're not immigrants. They're literally like well, gang members. Why are we members. letting more in? Why are we letting more They're not from in? out of the United we, we States. They're from the United States. Here. We don't need to let, let those kind of people in uh, through the border in, 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 the, in the U.S. There's uh, no need for that. Marie, were you born in Texas? Hell yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, what, why, why do you think I'm I'm, an, I'm, I'm just asking I'm questions. Across the border somewhere. I'm just asking yeah, questions. You know, my people have been here for five hundred years. Were your parents you know, we, we, born in Texas? Were, were Marie? Spaniards that were here. Marie, you have to have a conversation. Before people even thought Marie. about getting. All right. Yeah, it's a lot of rambling. Marie, this is a talk show, and that requires you to have a conversation. I realize you are passionate about your topic, but uh, it requires a back and forth, not you dominating the conversation. Uh, my opinion is that Marie is simply scared. She is afraid. I'm not the one said my family's been here for like 500 years. What, what's she trying to say? Hey, we all immigrants, man. We all, all of our families come from somewhere. Yeah, unless what you're a Native American. Mm, well, I'm not Native American, so I can't speak to that. Sure. But I just, hey, they don't, I've heard talk about, they don't want people like me here. I mean, hey, I'm like, Hey, man, I served my country, man. I spent nine years in the military. You know, I volunteered. Nobody drafted me. And, and they're talking about they don't want people like me here. I mean, where was Marie on, on January 6th? I bet she was probably in Washington, huh? I bet she listened <laughs> to mean, Fox a lot, huh? I, you know, I, I have no idea, really. Fox a lot, huh? She sounds like it. She sounds like someone that listens to Trump a lot. I know that. You know, you're making a bunch of assumptions, of course. We didn't have enough time with Marie because, well, quite frankly, she wouldn't shut up. But you hear my Angelou say that when someone reveals you who they are, believe them. Is that is anything more revealing than what she said? I mean, it was pretty revealing. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, she was um, she was all sorts of upset. Hey, I just want her to know, even in countries like Norway, Iceland, Finland, didn't they have like this like mass murder? What was it, like Norway several years ago where like seventy people were murdered? Yeah. Hey, yep, she's scared. She thinks she'd be safe in any countries like that if, because of like immigration and everything. What you know, I was thinking about that today. How is it like a country of immigrants now hates immigrants? Yeah, and like people that's a good point, Jerome. Immigrants now hate immigrants. That's a good Can point because that? Jerome, Jerome, don't be a marine now. Yeah. it's a good point that you have in that uh, everybody's from somewhere else and that's kind of where i was going with my line of questioning with her uh which was you know hey okay you were born in texas but where were your parents born where were your grandparents born because you're right everybody's from somewhere else unless of course they're native americans but even then like there's some evidence that you know they weren't originally here either and they came you know with migrant human tribes you know way back in ancient history so yeah, you, you have a good point. And my point, of course, is that uh, her solution would have seemed to have been, uh, let's put a whole bunch of armed forces at the borders and start killing wall. people. Yeah, because that's not the solution. Closing the borders and, you know, threatening people or even killing them for coming across an imaginary line that politicians create on maps drawn on paper is not the solution. I um, lived in Washington, D.C., um, and, and taught at the um, 
Embassy of Spain military section on Upper Wisconsin Avenue until the mid 1980s, mm-hmm. and I knew the military officers there, and th- those were very, very honorable guys who um, who did everything according to the way that they should do it, and had a very, very, very sensitive to the outside world and Spain's influence and Spain's past, and wanted to keep it as as pristine as they possibly could. And um, they had, of course, visited the area down there in Texas and Southern California, and they were actually very uncomfortable with the situation down there. They told me what was going on, and they, they told me that there really wasn't anything they could do about it, but they, they certainly didn't were not comfortable. They certainly didn't feel good about it. They felt, felt that they would like to do something, but they just really couldn't. I don't know why, but I guess it's, you know, of course, it's out of their hands. In do something about what? Well, they told me that they're, you know, that they were, that they're, well, all the things that that lady brought up, basically. All of the things? I mean, you're being pretty general. You've said a whole lot of words, but you haven't been very specific about anything. Okay. All right. They, they, they were, I hate to to, to say anything negative, but, but illicit activities of a sexual nature. Okay. All right. And and they felt very uncomfortable about that, but there was there's nothing that Spain could do. But uh, you could see it that in, in the way they spoke to me, and I knew them very well, and and they were they were pretty, very honorable people, and they 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 didn't like the idea at all that 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 they were kind of dragged into it in kind of a way because it was a former Spanish colony, and and even the southern western southwestern part of the United States belonged to Spain, actually all the way up to San Francisco and back in the old days where it met the the Russian colony at San Francisco Bay. So they kind of felt un- really uncomfortable, but they were, like I say, they, they and, and they knew what was going on. But uh, and this was been this has been going on for over 50 years. It's, like I say, this was the mid 1980s when I when I taught there. Okay. Well, people hallucinate authority to be in charge of them and tell them what to do and how to do it, and uh, otherwise, you know, make them not free. Uh, and so, my opinion, of course, is that. We should eliminate these borders that governments impose upon people. And you had made a comment, Steve, about, uh, well, if you, you know, do you want your neighbors parking their cars in your yard? And we're like, well, no. And you're like, well, then that's a border. Yes. Which is true to an extent. But I think that, I mean, do you want to elaborate well, on that? Well, if, if you get rid of the borders, mm-hmm. here's just my my thought. Sure. Borders are like uh, bulkheads in ships. Okay. One part of the ship gets hits an iceberg. You close the bulkheads. The rest of the ship is going to stay afloat or fire doors. One one floor is going to burn. You close the fire doors. I think borders are kind of the same way because if, uh, you know, and you look at it at, at um, with the European Union and Brexit, they wanted out because Greece was burning down the house. Like, we don't want to be part of that economy. But would we need that if there wasn't government? Well, you could have a one-world government. That so, would be great. Or I, we could have nothing. I just want well, to ask. <laughs> well, I mean, that, yeah. Do you think that there is a difference between private property borders and government borders? Hmm. Let me get back to you on that. Okay. You ponder that for a while. <laughs> because I maintain that there is. Uh, and like, I'm okay with private property borders. Like if I own, you know, two acres of land or whatever, right. Then I own that land. That's my private property and I can do and say whatever I want on that property. And if you come on it, I can be like, Steve, go away. And if you don't, well, then I'm free to defend my property. Okay. Well, if Bill Gates decides to buy all the property, 
And then like, all right, well, now sure. we have a monopoly on property. Well, and that's what governments are. They're well, a monopoly on, they claim to be the ultimate owners. Right. Because you land. have to pay taxes. And, and the fallacy there is, of course, that, you know, it's our land. We own it because we're the taxpayers. That's <laughs> not true. Right. That's not true. You're renting it. Right. <laughs> so, you own it on paper, but you still have to rent it. I was inspired to call by um, the great podcast for today. Not going to plug somebody else's uh, uh, podcast, but um, I think uh, I've seen a kind of a shift uh, since I first started getting into libertarianism, actually from, from listening to FDL um, years ago. Okay. And um, kind of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cultural divide, a lot of culture war, really kind of, you know, mimicking what, what you see out in the, on the news, online all the time. Right. And you got, you got a lot of these, you got a lot of these right-wingers that have really kind of um, shifted the debate a little bit. And it's because, like, a lot of these, a lot of these big companies um, big, and big institutions are kind of adopting, you know, certain uh, cultural stances or certain, certain policies that they think targets them, their culture, their, their group, identity group or whatever. And um, I'm not here to argue culture war stuff. That's the last thing I'm, interested in talking okay. about really but um they they really question um you know big business um big corporations from a very different standpoint than maybe i would but they've kind of gotten rid of that taboo among libertarians of questioning you know you know you know big business and um corporations how close are they with government what's really private and and um public and i think that they you know that's there's an entire kind of um you know a set of ideas from uh, the left libertarian perspective that are very, very different um, critiques of capitalism than the socialist one. Um, not really much of an overlap at all that um, from a, like a decentralist perspective, then, and some of the questions that I think people should think about if you kind of lean libertarian, because okay. libertarians have been kind of, uh, whatever you want to call it, kind of, you know, defending the status quo economic system to an extent for years. It's like, what, what is the public-private distinction real? I just want to say I applaud what uh, DeSantis and Abbott are doing. And one of the reasons I applaud it is because there is a crisis down at the border. Uh, it's a humanitarian crisis of mega proportions. And right, so it's, not being, it's not being addressed by this administration. There, can there you be specific? Like, what specifically are you applauding? Well, there's been like 700 deaths this year with, uh, of people like coming in like drowning and, and other um, other people uh, other ways of dying uh, what do you, you mean know, like uh, people swimming over from Cuba or right, something the, the, no from from uh, the Mexican border into Texas okay. or Arizona there's been they said that the numbers have uh, more than doubled since Trump was president and, and um, you know Where's the compassion there? There's, there's, you're not hearing that from from the Biden administration or anybody else. I mean, they jumped all over Trump because they were saying that they were separating families. Well, who, who's to say that's not happening now? Because oh, it's definitely happening. Can, the, I, can the, I make one, one, one more point? The reason I think I think it's good what they're doing is because now all the uh, the mainstream media is ha is forced to report now. They're reporting on it now where they weren't before. Of course, they're giving their liberal spin on it, okay. and, and they're denouncing it, saying it's, it's human trafficking. Nikki, I have agreed with you on many occasions when I've called in. You mentioned, except for the uh, uh, Indians uh, who were native to America, uh, everybody else is an immigrant. 
um, a captain quickly corrected you on that. Um, basically, um, all peoples, and this is uh, from archaeologists, you can trace all peoples beginnings to the Fertile Crescent, Mesopotamia. Also, mm. they believe they found that is the true. of Eden. You're yes. right, yeah. And so I agree with we you. all came from somewhere. Thanks, Nikki. I appreciate that because I sometimes misspeak too. And so we all came from somewhere, even the Native Americans. So there's that. Now, Captain, I want to correct you on something. Uh-oh, here we go. Said, oh, here we go. Captain, <laughs> you're pretty smart. All of you guys are. But let me correct you on something. All right, crack that so whip, Dana. The Statue, the Statue of Liberty was gifted from France right. for the 100-year anniversary um, celebrating uh, the alliance between the French and Americans. Um, the French were the ones, believe it or not, which helped us actually cinch the win for the Rev- American Revolution. So they sent that as a gift to celebrate our alliance. It arrived about a half a year before uh, the 100-year anniversary, but they needed a base to mount it on. So America was base. The French were delivering the statue. The base and the uh, Emma Lazarus was the, the author of the poem um, uh, of the, on the base of the Statue of Liberty. That poem was written in 1883. Okay. The base and the statue wasn't even delivered until 18, summer of 1885. The reason she wrote the poem was to pull on, tug on the heartstrings of all those who have had already emigrated and those who were going to emigrate to give money to build the base because they didn't have the funding for the base. The French paid for the statue. We were going to pay for the base. And that was in 1883, two years before we ever um, took possession of the so, statue or the base was built. So that was so a... That, was, that a, was not about that. Let me tell you, Captain. Well, well, I just have a question, about, Dana. That, okay, it, it, so that was a like a GoFundMe in the 1800s? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good, good, All good right. analogy. That's excellent. You're good with stuff like that. Nobody is against immigration. It's got to be done the legal way. You listen to these Mexicans and all these other people that have come here. They are furious. They're on talk shows all over the place, have been, even during the Obama administration, when he was letting them flood our state. Um, There's nothing wrong with going to the port and doing it right if you're claiming refugee status. Another uh, fact, I, and, and the irony, Jerome, is it affects blacks more than any other race because they undercut their, um, their hourly wage. Okay. So Jerome needs to do research before he gets on a national radio station and starts jab-jawing away about things he knows nothing about. All right, what's okay, your next point? So that's that point. Next point, um, to uh, Mark and Ian... I have been open borders for as long as I've listened to this show for many years. Okay. So Mark and I really t- had a talk because I, Mark is a sensible person there, like, like you too, Captain. So here's the thing. Um, Mark said, what if we pulled all the welfare? And I said, okay, if you pull all welfare, that means no hospitals, even if you're dying, if you can't pay cash, that means no education. That's it. That's all welfare. I wanted to talk about the 
with the recent passing of the the Queen of England. Are you uh, sad? No. Okay. No. Good. Hereditary because, dictator. Uh, you know, historically speaking, uh, their family was responsible for burning down my hometown. And Essex, I want Connecticut. Were you in Essex, Connecticut? What? Essex, Connecticut. No, Fairfield. Oh, Fairfield. Well, they burned yeah, down they Essex. Yeah, little tyrants down the main street, and then they just went with torches and just started burning everything down. Where was the apologies? Where was the restitution? Good questions. I I don't know, uh, and it's not something that monarchies or republics or uh, you know any other form of governments are are real big on. Uh, generally speaking, politicians of any sort, not just in the U.S. Uh, are are very few and far between to give an apology, unless it's something like uh, we saw a lot of that. So I don't know, like the Bill Clinton era when there were all these like sex scandals with these politicians, because they're all a bunch of dirty bastards. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Clinton didn't have... get seventy years. <laughs> Good. So I mean, how long do you have to wait for them to actually say I'm hmm. sorry? Don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. I... I, I figure, I mean, if the United States has been a country for roughly 200 years, then uh, I think that that might be a, you know, sort of the minimum wait time. Well, and you know what I have seen is politicians apologizing for things other politicians did. So I'm sorry right. this other guy did this, but I'm good and I would never do that. Right. I so- mean, the, the, the queen had her property that was furnished by all the taxes and everything else that was given to her family that funded the burning of countless cities in New England, and yet there's no restitution. Yeah. I mean, while all these people are fawning over the royal family, so uh, cringy, yeah. why can't they just call for something, you know? I mean, I was kind of surprised to see on my Facebook how many American people were so distraught. Yeah, it's the celebritization of political figures. And it's something I don't understand. I don't get how people equate a politician to an actor or a musician, right? They, For some reason, people put them in the same category. Now, it probably has something to do with the fact that you know governments hire uh, filmographers, producers, mm-hmm. audio people. They everybody's got a teleprompter. They've got loads of makeup. They've got lighting. They've got <laughs> red lights. Red lights. <laughs> yeah, they got best boys and key grips and you know well, all of the things that make a professional movie production. They have all these things when they give their speeches and their addresses and things like that. But you have to remember, politicians were the first celebrities. It is very telling that uh, you know here's. A, we'll call it a country, for lack of a better term, a group of people uh, who, you know. Was a colony. Well, we were a colony. Right. Well, right. Or, or the colonies. Right. Right. Uh, and, you know, the colonies fought for their independence from that particular state. Right. And. So the prize is the freedom. Well. Right? Or the, the restitution uh, would be. Is it? Here's the land. Right. Because now uh, it's it's more like it's more like Britain is. You know, the 52nd state. 
Right. You know that's what I mean? the other that, way that relationship is, right. is, you know, they're basically sucking up to the United States right. now because the United States is the empire. Right. And and Britain's <laughs> and just they like, want oh, their freedom. They want their freedom. Like, yeah, we, we better be friendly to these guys because they're the big superpower now. Right, right. You know, so. You know what's also funny? All of these people who are worshiping the queen. Oh, I'm so sad that she's dead. Blah, blah, blah. I love the royal family. They all celebrate Fourth of July. They all celebrate Independence Day. Yeah, right. Well, I have. Well, for for whatever it's worth, I have a uh, a silver round, Ooh. which is Canadian five, oh. <clears throat> with a picture of the Queen on there. So, hmm. you know, and what what money? You know, Canadian money has who who whose face is on the Canadian money? Yeah, well, and usually the Queen, when, and usually when so, famous people die, celebrities like whatever their image is on becomes worth more. Well, I don't think in this case it's going to be worth more. Well, so what's the difference? <laughs> well, I mean, are they going to recall all the money now and put out a central bank digital currency with, you know, well, with the king? So, so it's got the uh, likeness of the queen yeah. on it, right? Right. There's one. Oh, I didn't actually mean for you to hand oh, it, but, okay. but it's got the likeness of the queen. <laughs> yeah, the likeness of the queen. Well, wait that's, a minute. That's, wait a, that's a peace dollar. That's wait American money. Oh, here. Let me <laughs> is, is this the silver round with the queen that you just gave me? I just, I just gave it to you for demonstration, not to give to you. Oh, he busted me. Yeah, put it back. <laughs> he just said yes. I'd been thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we'll go so, spend these. So, what's the difference between like a painting of the queen that goes up in value as soon as she dies, and that coin? Well, that has real value. Well, Silver. This, uh, well, yeah, the painting probably has real value too. I being guess a so. Piece of artwork. Art value yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So the difference is that the painting is art, and this is currency. This is silver. Well, anything could be currency. But I could make salt a, currency. This actually is worth $5, so you could go into McDonald's and mm-hmm. buy a burger for, for this. Does McDonald's take silver rounds? I'm sure the cashier would look at you like you had 10 heads, but right. maybe. They wouldn't take it, right? but legally I think you have to. I don't if, it's, if it's no, U.S. currency, you have to. If it's Canadian, it well, would be different. Well, you have to ask different. the queen, yeah. Well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> She's not talking. Well, yeah, she's but a, uh, but a but a, a, a fifty dollar American Eagle gold mm-hmm. round is is worth fifty dollars. You know, I've been hearing the wait. What are you always com- impressed about? Well, I mean, uh, David is he's kind of always interesting from New Mexico. Really, you, you think know? he's interesting? That's interesting. Me too. Yeah, I mean, not I don't I don't understand what he was talking about tonight, but a lot of the comments are kind of interesting. His story is certainly interesting about uh, what the government did to his children, uh, and they literally like <laughs> ruined uh, his relationship it with his terrible. children. It, it is It's completely horrible. Uh, that being said, uh, David sometimes doesn't have the most original content uh, or interesting content. He, you know, yeah, he seemed to seem to be a, a little boring tonight. But you know, he's hit and miss. So, mm. what's on your mind tonight, Sarah? What do you want to talk about? Yes, I, I just want to uh, bring up that I've been listening to radio commercials put on by the petroleum oil companies. Mm-hmm. And they really want you to invest money in the oil stocks. And they're promising that it's going to go up in value. Uh, they're bumming up uh, this uh, false commercial. It's a, it's a con job. I mean, um, they're saying this is a time to invest in oil companies. It's going to go up in stocks. Invest now. And, and we know that California, New Mexico, and all the blue states are going to become like gasoline car free we're going to go all electric in like in five six years so i just knew they just do um opposite false advertisements mm-hmm. to calm people in to 
um, investing their money and their uh, stock's going to go down into the dump and they're going to just, uh, what do they do, insight trading? This is just pretty much insight trading and they're going to pull out well, all the money before it tanks. Insider trading generally occurs when uh, these businesses, these, you know, like an oil company, for example, uh, right. give some information to somebody like, oh, I don't know, a politician, for example. And those politicians and, and their buddies go out and throw some money at these companies because they have inside information, quote unquote, and that's where they get the uh, the term insider trading from. Somebody leaks a secret that they shouldn't, and then other people get the jump on what's about to happen in the market, and uh, that is an unfair advantage, yeah, of course. that's how you get rich in Congress. That is how you get rich in Congress, ah. because we all know that the salaries that are paid to these these bozos, these crooks, don't add up to the do m- not add up to the no. millions of dollars that they're worth after even their first term. So, I'm sorry, Sarah, go ahead. But you know, this, to me, is like an inside trader, because the oil companies that are running this commercial, they know that their stock is going to fall, and they're falsely uh, advertising to the public, paying for the commercials and the radio to invest in their company when they know they got heads up, they're all going to go electric cars in every blue state. They know they're going to tank, um, and they're doing it on purpose. I don't I think that, that every state, and I don't think they're going to go all electric. I think that's a pipe dream. There's going to be a mix of different fueled vehicles for quite some time. Did you uh, remember the name of the band that does the intro music that we told you? Uh, I don't. Because I believe it was I you who it. asked, right? You were like, hey, who does the, the bumper music? No, who, who is it? It's a band called Rebel Inc. Rebel Inc. Yeah. They actually played at uh, they played at Porkfest one year. I don't remember which year. I wasn't there for it, but uh, uh, and then uh, they actually gave permission for Free Talk Live to use their music. So it's awesome. It. Yeah, you can meow along yeah. with it. Anyway, Jack, what's <laughs> on your mind tonight? Well, I just want to say I had a tooth pulled on Friday, so I called them last night. I wasn't exactly one hundred percent with it, but it yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, we noticed. But- it was still a lot better than listening to David in the twofold. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> but uh, that aside, uh, I try to look for a nation in the past, you know, from uh, the Buddhists mm-hmm. uh, to the, you know, Indian Sioux Empire, uh, Sioux Nation, indigenous people, Peru, Argentina, Brazil. And I'm yet to find one that successfully had no border. So, and those were necessarily governments you know they were just people fishing and hunting and well, had their chief i mean the the native americans in the united states particularly the plains indians they they had no borders they had the belief that earth didn't belong to anybody that they were sort of custodians of the earth and they they were migrant people they would just roam around and follow the buffalo things like that huh i'll have to look them up the prairie folk. The <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Native Sioux. Americans, bro. You yeah, know, the, Sioux, like, the, yeah. the Sioux, the Cherokee. Um, yeah, the Sioux, the Cherokee yeah, in particular. Extreme borders and, and stuff. So I'm just saying, I'm just, I would love like a utopia, like what you guys bring up. Like I'm not arguing with you, but I just don't see how it can work. Well, I so. El- I have a friend who lives in El Paso, my last thing I'll say. Yeah. And when you're living down there, no, he goes to the grocery store with his kids. And there are people everywhere. And, you know, God bless all these people looking for freedom from yeah. where they came from. But it's, it's not safe. Well, it's not safe any, I mean, nowhere is safe, but, right? Nowhere is safe. 
Yeah, it could be safer though. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being a devil's advocate here, not trying to create an argument. That he, you know, he's afraid. Yes. Kids walk, you know, walk to the school bus, and it's not because of your average crackhead, you know, uh, trailer trash. It's influx of them would be bad too. You know, it's it's just not natural. Government is constantly holding people down. They're not helping. You know, they. They've created this welfare state, right? So they're they're giving all of these lower income people welfare, but it is really just making them dependent on the system, and it's doing the exact opposite. Never mind the CIA, you know, being actual drug dealers. I mean, that doesn't help the issue. There's just so many pieces to it, and it all seems to lead back to the United States government, at yeah. least in our country. And I, I just want to address the, uh, the the word that the caller used, uh, Jack, sorry, uh, and that is utopia. I do not advocate for anything utopian. Uh, I advocate for individual responsibility and individual freedom. Yeah, your own, your, your own utopia, not a collective utopia. Well, a utopia, well, well hang, on, hang on, Jack, hang on. So what's utopian is the belief that just the right amount of violence applied by an institutional organization that commonly referred to as governments will result in a utopian society. (laughs) That's what's utopian. Everybody thinks that government is the answer to their problems. And that is a utopian thought. That is a utopian ideal. So if everything, the alternative is a volunteer system, how long does it take for that to turn into because uh, I know a lot of individuals, and over time, I've lost contact with them, mm-hmm. or they did me wrong, or one or two of them are my friends for life. But in a volunteer uh, type of system, how long does it take for that to turn into a government? Quite literally, government is the Death Star. <laughs> we have the and <laughs> if you are a freedom-loving person, you are the resistance. You are the Rebel Alliance. Uh, you must band together with other freedom-loving people uh, to achieve freedom in your lifetime. There's something like that going on somewhere near us. Oh, wait, no, it's in the state of New Hampshire. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, there's we're a, all Skywalkers here. There's there's something called the uh, the Free State Project, and then there's an even larger uh, liberty movement here. Uh, so not just the Free State Project, but a bunch of other folks who are anarchists, they're voluntarists, they're freedom-loving people. Uh, and, you know, we're trying to achieve that goal, the yeah. non-utopian goal of having government leave us alone. Just leave us alone. And let us be individuals and live our lives according to our principles of voluntarism. But who's going to pave the roads? People. <laughs> hey, I just want to know if I can be Princess Leia. Can you do the hair buns? Yeah. All right. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but you got to do it on the show. I'll do it right now. Well, maybe not with the headphones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, those, it is kind of... Kind of yeah, these are there. my buns. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway there. Nikki showing her buns here on Free Talk Live. It's just another Sunday night. I enjoy creating something called a portmanteau. What is a portmanteau? It's when you take two words... And you combine them together into one word so that it's clear to everybody what the meaning is. And I've used this term several times tonight and last night. Technicalties. That's technical difficulties. Two different words put together. Now it's one word. It's technicalties. And everybody kind of gets what it means, right? Right. 
So earlier in the show, I think during hour one, uh, I teased the word, and, and you repeated it a few times, Steve Classic, mm. cheeser. 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 Now that's spelled C-H-E-E-Z-U-R-E. <laughs> cheeser. And it's the combination of cheese and seizure. Mm. But not the seizure you're But thinking. not like an epileptic seizure. Right. No, it's like when somebody takes something of yours, <laughs> like they have seized it, right? <laughs> like the I cheese. like cheese at your leisure instead. I would prefer cheeser to mean leisurely cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. It sounds more you right. know, enjoyable. And I know we uh, last week we welcomed a uh, station in Wisconsin, <laughs> out in La Crosse, actually. And so I know uh, there's some cheese heads listening. So uh, this from Reason.com. Border officials took this woman's cheese and fined her $1,000. What? Jerks. Their subtitle headline, their case for the seizure is full of holes. (laughs) 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 Like Swiss cheese. Last week, American officials at a crossing on the U.S.-Mexico border conducted an unusual seizure. Over 100 pounds of undeclared cheese. Wow. No tax stamp on it, probably. <laughs> First of all, really? For cheese? For like, che- you know? Yeah. For cheese? Now, 100 pounds sounds like a lot of cheese, and it is to most people, right? Most it's people not really that familiar, much. But, like, it's. It could be, it, like, it, I don't know, four or five big she rounds. She was carrying, right? you know, like, like, wheels of cheese. Like, Wheels of cheese. I'm like assuming in a car. <laughs> a wheel of cheese. A wheel of cheese. Like a wagon wheel. wheel. Uh, last week, uh, no, we said that already. 100 pounds of undeclared cheese. Customs and Border Protection officers at the Paso del Norte crossing in El Paso, Texas, stopped a U.S. citizen from Albuquerque as she arrived from Mexico. No, it's not Sarah. The. <laughs> Driver declared 10 wheels of cheese. Oh, wheels. But an officer conducted a. Come on. So they declared at least some amount of cheese. The, the driver declared 10 wheels of cheese, but an officer conducted an examination of her car and discovered an additional 50 wheels. Oh, oh, well. Stashed in the back oh, under some blankets. Well, I thought they, you were going to say like two more right. wheels well, or something she dumb. She gets everything she deserves. Last week's cheese seizure would have made at least some sense. Wait, hang on. I'm skipping. Skipping. Travelers can import cheese commensurate with personal consumption levels, said CPB. Okay, but that's on, like, you know. Hang on. <laughs> said CPB El Paso Port Director Ray Provencio in a statement. A few <laughs> wheels. Provolone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that would be good. Uh, well, a few wheels would generally be fine, but not 60. It was undeclared, and that amount would be a commercial quantity, and additional reporting requirements would apply. Yeah, says According who? to well, Dr. This guy, Provolone. Ray Provolone. <laughs> He's an Italian. He <laughs> knows with cheese. <laughs> Last week's cheese seizure, or cheeser, <laughs> if you will, would have made at least some sense if CPB had been able to point to any pressing health or safety risk posed by the dairy product. But, just... but CPB didn't. They didn't indicate that it seized all that undeclared cheese over any specific health or safety concern, much less a regulation or a law. Hmm. Rather, <laughs> CPB spokesperson Roger Meyer tells Reason it's because 132 pounds of cheese is well beyond personal consumption levels. Says who, though? I mean, that's... Roger Meyer. 
Oscar's cousin, apparently. Uh, I would just love to see that at a press conference. 132 pounds of cheese. Can you imagine these guys, like the police departments, they take a picture with all the cheese. (laughs) Right, like they do with drugs. Yeah, and they post it on their Facebook page or whatever. Like, look, we're protecting and serving. Look at all this cheese we cheese. Cheeser. The cheeser. So they didn't indicate that it violated anything. Uh, other than saying, you know, that much cheese uh, is well beyond personal consumption. How do you know? How do you know like, <laughs> that thing. I That's don't eat 100 pounds subjective. of cheese you yeah. know, in a month or something, right? right? Maybe I have a big family. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm from Wisconsin, damn it. <laughs> when asked about the public benefit to the cheeser, the cheese seizure, cheeser, Mayor says that it demonstrates to the public that consequences will be applied when violators are encountered. You will not have more wheels of cheese than are allowed. Enforcement <laughs> enforcement helps establish and build upon the public trust bestowed upon the CPB, <laughs> Meyer explains, as we continue to perform our primary homeland security mission. <laughs> Keeping the cheese out. <laughs> Keeping you safe from cheese. Homeland security. Wow. I mean, I... Yeah, it's just, it's a load of, well, not cheese, it's a load of crap. A quick scroll through CPB's agriculture tag reveals plenty of quirky seizures with questionable relevance to Homeland Security. The agency has bragged about thwarting shipments of bologna, sausages, dried beef, four dragon fruits, more bologna, mangoes, and a few pounds of tomatoes. Failing to declare food items can result in fines up to $10,000. Why? To protect the homeland. I mean, like, what if I'm crossing the border and I have a sandwich that I'm going to eat? Are you going to fine me $10,000 for that? If you have more sandwiches than Homeland Security deems is, like, for personal consumption. You can't cross a border with that many sandwiches. You'll never eat five sandwiches. They've never seen me eat, apparently. Uh, so these seizures are routinely marketed as efforts to stop invasive pests or diseases from reaching American soil. That may be a valid concern, but one that isn't always backed by airtight logic on CPB's part, CBP, sorry. Uh, Los Angeles Times columnist Frank Shiong wrote about seizures of prepackaged branded Chinese jerky products in March and documented his attempts to get federal officials to explain why they needed to be confiscated. I called Jamie Ruiz, a spokesman for CBP. Ruiz was unable to explain the connection between the seizures and infectious disease. He said the meat products were seized because they skirted import tariffs, did not obtain a USDA certificate, and and thus did not undergo a separate food safety inspection process in the U.S., Honestly, I don't want to eat anything that has a USDA certificate. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 